Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to find. And if I work tonight, I'm so tired. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here, wherever you get your podcasts or on Patreon without those ads. My name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, you know, unbeknownst to you, I felt a great deal of nostalgia towards you this week that you won't be aware of. Please do tell Kenny. What do you mean by that? Our good friend Jamie Miller... You know, we know and love. He So, you know, the new house that we're in, I've just not had time... To, to the attic has the attic which which is going to be my office just has boxes everywhere it's loads of stuff it's not even all the stuff I have it's just some of it and you know where you just can't face a room you just you've not got the mental capacity to to go into a room I thought that's a job for Jamie Miller to to tackle because he loves <laughs> doing that stuff so he came <laughs> over <laughs> and he's taking all these boxes out and he's and he's and he so basically he just said you know what if you trust me you just go and do some work or whatever and leave me to it and I'll fix it. So he got my 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 sort of IKEA stands up. He got all my power slams out of the different boxes they were carefully placed in. He had them all ready and he was like, I put the the later power slams to the front so you have them for when you do your reviews. Um and then he he'd, he'd found, you know, you'd you'd sent me something like, like a year or two ago but it was like a week in a format for an old thing from Power Slam or something. A couple of wee bits and pieces. And yeah. and he and he kinda gave me that and I was going, I just I feel like I was getting a Finn Martin and Kenny McIntosh's relationship. This is your life being presented to me. 
Fantastic. So, so Jamie Miller has done a great job and the office is now ready for use. So I will be after this one, this will be the last podcast I don't do in there, but I'm gonna be going up there as of tomorrow. So yeah. Thank big thanks to Jamie for doing that. So Okay. Right. Um, yes, well done. Yes. I mean we you know we all have these jobs to do. Um, yep. unless we have a friend who can do them for us, which you do, fortunately, for you. Well, the good thing is that I think that the the, the years and years of free attendance at Inside the Ropes events for him and his children has benefited me in this scenario. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, yeah, let's face it. He's um you know, he's probably ahead, isn't he, in this in the bag. And let's hundred percent is, but you know, yeah, hundred percent is. Anyway, yeah. um let's talk about wrestling. Before we talk about Raw, I did want to bring up to you the chat that came out the other day from PW Insider which said that from what has been heard internally, numerous numerous places have reported this now, is that Vince McMahon is no longer involved in the day-to-day creative process in WWE. I, you know, he's, he's still involved in the company, and I assume if there's a massive decision like Roman Reigns getting the belt taken off of him, that's something that Vince would be involved with. But everything else is pretty much a Paul Levesque regime decision. And I don't know about you, Finn, but I feel like you can kind of see that from the TV that we've seen in the last few weeks, that that's kind of the direction it's gone. I want to get your take on it. Uh, have you noticed it? And what do you think? Is that good or bad for the future? I, I definitely have noticed it because, I mean, things have been happening that simply would not have happened under if Vince McMahon were in charge or were heavily involved even or even involved to a small extent, like Tegan Knox, for instance. I mean, she couldn't get a look in, could she? No. And like now she's a you know a large part of Raw each week. I mean, the Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa reunion after Ciampa had lost to Gunter in the main event of Raw. Yeah. Would that have happened under Vince McMahon, Kenny? No, no. no so he that was that, that was actually the example I was going to use as well was the Johnny Gargano one because we've seen that Johnny Gargano, even though Triple H brought him in, it would have been last September, I think, maybe. I can't remember exactly when he came in. I know I did the star cast with him in Nashville on SummerSlam weekend. And I remember he'd sort of, I remember I'd, I'd said backstage to him and Dexter Loomis and Candice LeRae, I said, you know, it kind of baffles me why they've not got you guys there. And he kind of winked huh. and gave me like a little tease. And then obviously, you know, they all ended up back there. So he's been there for a while but there, you're right there's definitely been points where when Vince came back he's been around but he's not been featured and for him to make the the save in the main event of an IC title match involving Champa, and this week having the DIY sit down interview there's a lot more focus that definitely would not have been there if Vince was if Vince yeah, had his hand it's the prominence of it isn't it it's the prominence of it I mean yeah. he might have been appeared on the show but it would have been in like you know, the beginning of hour three or part of the show that wasn't really seen as important, you know, maybe second segment of hour three, Uh, not the main event, you know, the thing that, you know, is supposed to linger in the mind's eye when the show ends, even though it was all rushed, as we talked about at the time. So, so yeah, you can absolutely see it on TV. I think also this talent, talent sharing as well with NXT. I mean, that wouldn't have happened either because when Vince was running things, we didn't have that joined up approach which we now do have, which has obviously been a boon for NXT's ratings. I'm sure we'll be talking about that at some point today. Um, And just, you know, the fact that NXT is treated, you know, as a priority now, rather than, you know, something that was an annoyance for a long time under Vince. Um, Again, that's a, you know, huge shift, I I feel, that, that, that we can see each week. So, yeah, there's lots of things happening and, 
you know, just, you know, things like Nakamura. I mean, I know Nakamura did have a run and we, you know, we weren't exactly like, you know, gushing with praise for <laughs> Nakamura's run with Seth Rollins, but it, you know, it existed just to tide Seth Rollins over, didn't it? Until yeah. this feud with Drew McIntyre um, was about to begin. It was just, you know, it was basically just to give Rollins something to do for six weeks or whatever it was. So, I mean, Nakamura would not have put been put in the position that he was had Vince McMahon been in charge. I mean, he said, didn't he, back in April after the merger, you know, forthcoming merger was announced, the sale was announced, you know, that you know, Vince said, well, I'm, I'm not going to be in the weeds anymore. I'm not going to be um, responsible for every small detail, but I will still be involved in the big stuff, you know, in the main event, you know, in the money programs. Um, so I can imagine he's still involved on some level. I mean, at the end of the day, he's Paul of X father-in-law. They're going to speak. You know, and Vince is still driven. Vince is still a workaholic. You know, he's obviously just had the surgery, hasn't he, Kenny? He's recovering from that still? Yeah, I think he's back now in the office. I, okay. think, by, I think by this point he's back. But yeah, you're right. He did say he was not going to be involved in the weeds, but then we kind of got the inclination that he was again because, well, we saw it on TV, right? We saw that various things were not as important as Paul Levesque had made them, but now they are again. So, I mean, the thing I'm taking as a positive from this is that the Vince McMahon of old, who, you know, wouldn't, you know, the, if you, if creative was a book, he would not let you pry that book from his dead hands. Yeah. You know, now he's has sort of given that book to Paul Levesque for a fair bit. And I think that's a, a great sign because he, he's pushing 80, you know, He's set on this Vincent Price parody he's doing up with, his <laughs> look, with his look. You know, maybe that's a hit with the ladies or whatever. I mean, it's funny when we were on stage with Eric Bischoff in Glasgow, some or no, it was in Belfast, and somebody asked about what do you think of Vince McMahon's new look? And he said, I don't watch many uh, late 70s people doing porn, but I would imagine if there was a man doing it, that they would look like Vince. <laughs> and they would have the dyed hair and the the tiny mustache. So, um, you know, he he's got his own stuff going on. And I'm, sure, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the news today actually, which was pretty interesting. From the there was an interview that went up with Ari Emanuel. Uh, he did an interview with Bloomberg, and one of the things he was talking about was the you know the the the, the stock for TKO going down recently. And yes. he what this is what he said. He said. And he said, but he said, I think three things happened. One, the reason the stock is down is they thought Raw was the best package. I saw forty percent increase, which was in line with expectations. Two, the PFL situation, and three, probably Vince in our deal wanted to be able to put at any point in time his stock. He's seventy-eight years old. He's been working at this for decades and decades. So I think those are three back-to-back issues. So you've got the guy who runs the company saying he thinks that Vince McMahon is partially the reason why the stock dropped, which is a kind of wild thing to hear him say. Even yeah. though he's, he's being nice about Vince, that he's not being disrespectful. But I mean, this is a guy now. He this guy doesn't need to doesn't need to sort of kowtow around Vince. He's Vince's boss. So this is like arguably the first time we're seeing somebody sort of say something to Vince where he can't really control it, which I find quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, it was odd that the stock price fell after the, the SmackDown deal was announced. And yeah. um, and since the SmackDown deal is for a considerable increase in revenue, 
over five years and for you know primetime specials on NBC. I was certainly perplexed as to why the you know the stock price fell after that announcement. Is it I maybe mean, because is it maybe because the, the the shareholders assumed that Raw is the A brand and that that's the one that would get the biggest deal and the fact that that deal's not done first, they're sceptical? I mean, could that be it? I mean, possibly. I mean, I mean, it's strange, isn't it, though? I mean, SmackDown, well, SmackDown is not the A show. It hasn't been the A show ever since, sorry, Raw is not the A show. SmackDown has been the A show ever since it went to Fox in 2019, obviously. That's why Roman Reigns is on it. Precisely. Draws the largest numbers each week. I know Raw's been on the air for, was it 30, what will it be? No, 1993 started, didn't it? So yeah, it'll, be, 30, it'll be 31 years in January. 31 years in January, yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, Raw is the longest um, running TV property that WWE produces each week. But SmackDown, you know, for anyone paying attention, has been the number one rated WWE program um for over four years so yeah that made it makes it doubly perplexing yeah i'm 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 kind of scratching my head at the whole thing so i'm 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 curious how it all plays out with the the raw deal whatever that whatever that goes but vince not being involved in creative is good for us and as an example of why that's good for us because this raw show that we're about to talk about um was an excellent episode of raw in comparison to Fastlane, which you could have missed easily, and all you really needed to know was that the Cody Rhodes and Jay who had won the undisputed tag team titles. But I, d- I do believe that you got a chance to check out Cody and Jay on the press conference. Then, what did you make of them? A bit sauced. <laughs> yeah, I was amused. It was funny, and um, I mean, it was really kind of heartwarming and uplifting. I mean, they just seemed so touched by the whole thing, didn't they? Yeah. It was as if they had genuinely re I mean, this is the thing in wrestling. Obviously, we know the results are predetermined. But when you win a championship, it's an endorsement from the company that you mean something, that you matter, that you're a star, that you are better or you know more suitable to be champion than other people. And it is a reward, isn't it? So yeah. even though it's predetermined, it does mean something to people who are in the business. And it just seemed to me like, you know, they had actually had a you know, victory celebration on the way there, you know, <laughs> down to, I don't know what their drink or the tipple of choice is, um, but they'd obviously had a few before they um, they turned up the Fastlane press conference. And, um, you know, I was also just thinking to myself, it's a good job the big stars, because if they weren't big stars, they would have been in hot water for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been in trouble. And instead, this was, you know, more of a fun and enjoyable thing to watch and just you know, watching them cracking up, you know, every little thing, um, you know, just, you know, making jokes, inside jokes, and just, you know, you know, playfully and gently and, you know, in a, in a, in a you know, gracious way, sort of, you know, you know, making fun of each other and the people who were asking the questions. It wasn't done in a snide way. I think, you know, everyone was in on the joke and everyone was having a good time. And, yeah, I think it's something that people will... We'll be watching for years to come. It'll be one of those sort of videos in years to come where people will say, you know, especially new fans, will be like, oh, have you seen that? Have you seen the Fastlane press conference? Have you seen Jay and uh, yeah, Cody yeah. Rhodes? You know, they were, you know, they'd had a few and, you know, they were having a great time. And, and, you know, it was really sort of this spontaneous 
your entertainment that no one could have anticipated. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for recommending it, Kenny. No worries. And uh, Jay, so hopefully the next time he does a press conference, we'll know how to hold those belts. Because he was <laughs> he was just not able to do it. So... Uh... I mean, he's just so bleary-eyed. I mean, at times, I mean, it was really funny. I mean, they were, I don't know. I mean, you'd think, though, I mean, they're obviously both, you know, hefty blokes. I imagine they've got quite a capacity for alcohol. Yeah, they do. I don't know. I have certainly a greater capacity than 1F Martin. So, you know, I can only imagine how many drinks they had on the way over. Uh, Also, I saw this news that broke... uh about 20 minutes ago and it's very sad news for us Finn, in particular it's from sag aftra who said to our fellow sag aftra members it is with profound disappointment that we report the industry ceos have walked away from the bargaining table after refusing to counter our latest offer we've negotiated with them in good faith despite the fact that last week they presented an offer that was shockingly worth less than they proposed before the strike began so john cena is going nowhere <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! I did watch your. I watched Cena and LA Knight at the Fast Lane press conference as well. They were really good fun. They were good fun. They were, yes, they were. Where's C- that Cena? Cena said, "I'm passionate about passion." <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? It could mean lots of things. You know, I'm passionate about passion. So there was, I mean, there was some fake humility there from John and they did bring up the strike and he was saying, listen, I can't talk about it. He said, oh, we were in the middle of doing something. Can't tell you what. Uh, and then it stopped and he's like, I'm hoping that they're going to get around the table and, you know, reach a compromise. And as you have just explained, Kenny, um, talks have fallen through and it's they're back to square one, it seems. And I do just want to say John Cena actually did tweet out another uh, bit of his wisdom 12 minutes ago that I thought I'd read out for us just because I think it's worth us remembering, Finn. John says, never lose the concept that there is so much left to learn. (laughs) He's just a fountain, isn't he? A fountain. I think that, and I've always thought that, every time I've watched John Cena wrestle, I said this to you the other day when we uh, finished recording what's going down off air. I said, you know, the great thing about John Cena no longer getting to you is it allows you to take the piss out of him on an even better level than before. <laughs> so the, the the fun that we can have with it now is even better. Um, yeah. But I did one quick thing about, because uh, I guess it kind of ties into the SAG after strike and, and Fastlane was, I don't know if you clocked that question that Cody Rhodes got about where does this, where does this make the story like what part of the story are we in and he kind of said i'm aware of all the factors that are going on and you know he he was basically saying i i know people think it's going to be rock and roman at wrestlemania that's the inference i got from it and you know if this sag thing doesn't go away i feel like it's probably more likely we're going to get the rock at wrestlemania because that's so if if I'm Cody, I'm going, can we just get this wrapped up, everybody? Can we just get these guys back to work so I can win my belt? But... <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, I mean, I've written about The Rock in the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. Um, so you well, know, Keep it there, know. then. People can buy the issue. You're not getting it for free, everybody. You need to yeah, buy the so... issue. But, um... yeah, I mean, he, he, he was... I mean, what could Cody say? Because he doesn't know. He's probably been told some things 
but he'll also have been told, listen, this could change. And he's been around long enough to know that things can always change. Until something's officially announced, it's not happening. So, I mean, he right now is probably wondering, yeah, where's this going? You know, everyone thought I was going to be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania in Philadelphia. He may still be facing Roman Reigns in Philadelphia at WrestleMania there. Um, but, you know, possibly with a rock instead. I mean, it's, I mean, no one really knows at the moment. I bet, I mean, I bet even the higher ups don't know for sure. Yeah. Because they're probably just waiting to see what happens with his strike. And um, also just, you know, rock, I don't know whether rock's, you know, on board with this. Um, maybe he is. I don't know. It's, it seems to be up in the air. I mean, the only good thing I can say about it is that WWE has potentially got two huge WrestleMania main events, you know, Roman versus Rock or Roman versus Cody Rhodes. And either, you know, would be a worthy WrestleMania main event. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, 100%. Uh, well, let's move on to Raw. Cody was a big part of Raw because Cody and Jay Uso were coming out to sort of celebrate being the new Undisputed Tag Team Champions. And they were, they were uh, confronted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who are both Feeling definitely about it, you know. Sammy Zayn wanted to, wanted to congratulate them. Kevin Owens did not, and it leads to Kevin Owens saying, "We want a rematch for our titles tonight." And that ended up being the main event of the show: Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso against Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Hell of a match, over twenty minutes. Crowd loved it, and in the end, Owens was the one who got the pin here. What did you make of the match? And do you feel like this is? Are we leading to a heel turn for Owens? Is that where this is going? I'm curious what you think. Yeah, I mean, Jay pinned Owens after they did, uh, they're calling it the Cody 1D, aren't they? Which is like, yeah, kind of similar to the old, you know, Uzo's finish, uh, but with Cody hitting the uh, the Cody cutter. So Jay pinned Owens with that. So yeah, it was a really good main event. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, Sammy and Owens... Sammy was the first to congratulate um, Rhodes and Jay afterwards. And Owens, you know, he's been reluctant to trust Jay, as we know, as we've seen on TV in recent weeks. Um, But, uh, you know, eventually he also congratulated uh, Jay and Cody. And um, it seemed that all was rosy, you know. But what's what's going on beneath the surface, Kenny? You know, I mean, is this resentment building? 
I mean, knowing knowing Kevin Owens probably. And let's be honest, Sammy and Kevin, as faces peaked between February and WrestleMania, didn't they? Yeah. They are never going to top that as faces. It's not going to happen as faces. They're yeah. never going to top that. So I don't know when they're going to turn heel, but I imagine they will be turning at some point. Probably yeah. not until maybe run up to WrestleMania. I think yeah, I it would be that. premature for them to do it before, certainly before Royal Rumble. I would say Jan, Feb, possibly they'll do the turn and that'll lead to a um, you know big WrestleMania match for them. Because as faces by then, I think they might feel kind of played out. Yeah, 100%, 100% I agree. I think it's a good move for them. And this was an excellent main event. The opening of the yes. show, I mean, again, this was just miles ahead of Fastlane in terms of stuff that mattered. Uh, we had a Seth Rollins promo. He came out, to, to, said that Nakamura took him to his limit at Fastlane. And then Drew McIntyre comes out and he said... And, you know, Rollins kind of says, you want a World Heavyweight title match, don't you? And McIntyre said, yep. And then uh, McIntyre said that he is going to, he knows that others might jump Rollins, but he's going to have an, he's going to be looking for them because he wants a title shot and he wants Rollins to be as close as 100% as he can be. Suggests the match for Crown Jewel. Rollins is very surprised by the fact that he's been so upfront. And as McIntyre goes to leave, we have Damien Priest attack Rollins from behind. And there's this great shot of McIntyre looking back at the ring as Priest is taking out Rollins and Dominic Mysterio runs with the briefcase and McIntyre just puts his arm out, stops Dom, gives Dom a Glasgow kiss and throws the briefcase away to the big screen and stops the cash-in. I mean, what a segment here. And this Drew stuff is just top tier. Yeah, it is. And we know we know where it's going. And um, and it's it's really... You know, it's a real, really refreshing that they're taking the time with it because they know they don't have to rush it. Um, and it's a gradual, you know, very well paced. Um, we know where it's going. We don't exactly know when Drew's going to arrive at his destination, marked. I am now a heel or you are entering heel territory. You know, we don't know when he's exactly when he's going to arrive there. Um, and yeah, Damien Priest, I, I thought there was a you know, possibility that Priest would cash in. Um, on this week's Raw, and he tried to. Dominic came out with the case, and uh, Drew McIntyre stopped the cash-in, um, but didn't um, save Rollins from Priest, did he? No, he sa- he saved, he was, but he did say, he did say you know, I'm not going to let somebody cash in on you. And then they, they had that great segment backstage where Rollins said that Pierce has confirmed the match for Crown Jewel, and then Drew had this I, I was really shocked at how good an explanation this was because you don't usually get this in wrestling where he said, if if the Judgment Day win the world title, because because it's, it doesn't really make sense unless he explains it, of why does it matter to Drew who the champ is? If he just wants to be champ, then who cares? He made the point of saying, well, the reason that I don't want Damian Priest to be champion is because the, with the Judgment Day, it's a numbers game. I dealt with that with the bloodline and I don't want a sequel on Raw. I mean, what a line, you know, just... Yeah, and it's just like, it's like the first thing that would pop into your head. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that is the most obvious thing. Just use that. Well, that makes sense. So let's just, let's just say that because everyone would say, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, of course he doesn't want Damien Priest to be champion because then he's got to deal with Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley and JD McDonough. 
this week at least. Uh, well, actually, he had to deal with JD McDonough in the ring, and well, JD didn't yeah, didn't go well for JD, did it, Kenny? So, you know, it didn't go well at all. Really? Um, you know, but he, you know, this is a good role for JD McDonough. I mean, he's somebody who could just be doing nothing, and um, he's getting beaten up every week. Fair enough. But I mean, he's part of the storyline and he's part of one of the top storylines as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, this all makes sense. Um, I'm still not convinced that it's going to be Drew versus Rollins at Crown Jewel. Because I really thought that they were going to save this for like Raw Rumble or WrestleMania. So, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It just seems, seems sort of rushed. Or maybe, maybe the reason they're doing it is because Seth is going to get the win in a way that Drew sort of tries to be valiant and that's the thing that tips him over the edge. But, yeah. you know, being the being the good guy doesn't get him what he wants, so he has to turn. I mean, we, we should also mention this, I also thought the segment was great where Rhea Ripley kind of, you know, sh- shout, cause, well, they, it was a great visual when they cut to Damien Priest holding J.D. McDonough up by his neck. I mean, he had him high, Finn. He had him yeah, really high. He did. And um, and then Rhea basically because because Damien Priest was annoyed about you know where were you guys to Rhea and Finn where were you out there and they were like oh you know sorry we weren't there but you know um you know we're we're, we're gonna get a, we've got a rematch next week for the undisputed tag team titles and yeah. then Ripley tells JD McDonough you better take you better prove yourself by taking care of, of Drew McIntyre and Priest said there's part of me that wants you to take care of him there's part of me that wants him to batter you and for me to finish you. So, and then JD McDonough was not successful. <laughs> oh, quest. No, of course he wasn't. But I mean, <laughs> you know, this is again a, another part of the story, and there's all these moving parts that are coming together. You know, the jigsaw's all falling together, isn't it? We can see the picture. You know, we, we know where it's all going, and this is all building towards you know whatever's going to happen with Damien Priest. I mean, he's surely he's going to cash in, if not before Crown Jewel, then maybe. At Crown Jewel, I mean, I can, I can, I sense the cash in is coming soon. It's imminent, Kenny, within the next month for sure. Maybe it's Crown Jewel. Maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's what. Um, maybe that's. Because I mean, that is. then would change everything, wouldn't it? With Priest as champ, yeah, and Drew McIntyre if he doesn't win, or if you know, or if Priest actually cashes in during the match, that could be when he does it. Yeah. Yeah, and it becomes a three-way and Priest becomes champion. And, you know, Drew just feels cheated, like this great injustice has occurred. And he just takes it out on Rollins or other members of the roster. I could see that happening. And that would all make sense. And, you know, it's possible that JD, McDonough, this is all some kind of ruse. And, that you know, they're um, telling us there's all this tension and animosity between Priest and JD. But, you know, they're actually just you know, pretending and that JD is going to be the one who helps Priest, you know, become champion at Crown Jewel. I wouldn't, you know, I can see that happening as well. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's lots of possibilities which are good. Because, I mean, they are saying, you know, that war games will take place at Survivor Series this year. Unfortunately. And that, yeah, and that Judgment Day will be one of the teams. So they're going to need JD McDonough for that match. Yeah. Yeah, and he'll probably be the fall guy for them. On that night, yeah. So, just an, another war games thing. I just can't do it. 
Yeah, well, if they just do one on the night and then they just cut down the time between entrance, you know, it can be good. You know, they can, they can, you know, they can, they can turn our frowns upside down, Kenny. It, it can, it can, it can still be saved. You know, war games used to be great, and it can be great again. I uh, I actually was very pleasantly surprised by the intensity in the Nia Jax Raquel Rodriguez match. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Naya even took some bumps. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, good for her. Taking bumps. Who could have believed she had that in her? Oh, uh, I mean, she took, yeah, she took a power bomb uh, bump off the middle rope. And um, I mean, you know, a lot of people objected to WWE's decision to rehire Nia Jax. But I think it's already been proven to have been a success because people really don't like her. You know, they, they don't like her in an in a entertainment way and they don't like her in a resentment way. And, you know, you package that together and the matches at least have a lot of heat, which is more than you know, one could normally say for a Raquel Rodriguez match prior to this match with Nia Jax on Raw this week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good little match there. And, um, you know, we had the run-ins from Rhea Ripley. She attacked Jax. Uh, then Shayna Baszler turned up. Uh, and Ripley also fought with Shayna. You know, and then Baszler laid out Ripley um, and then walked out. So, um, you know, there was four people getting a shot here. But I thought the, the Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez match was was decent for what it was. And, um, you know, lots of lots of noise. There was an atmosphere for it. Yeah, there was yeah, there was there was an atmosphere for it. And I think that the run ins really helped. So it was a good. Good job all around. Um and if at least have four way with the, the four of them, I'm, I wouldn't be mad. I, and I think Raquel, the reason that it, it was different this time was because she wasn't really being smiley Raquel. No. She had a, a drive about her and a fire, which is what made her good in NXT, not this bumbling, smiley idiot that we see most weeks. Um, we also had Bronson Reed, Chad Gable, and Ricochet in a triple threat match to the IC title, but Shinsuke Nakamura uh, attacked Ricochet before the match. So, uh, in the end, Bronson Reed got the win, so he's going to be one facing Gunther next week, which should be a pretty a pretty interesting match next week, those two. Yeah, I would say so. And I've got to say, you know, Bronson Reed, prior to this, um, he was backstage. Um, he uh, gate-crashed a segment with Chad Gable and Otis and Maxine. And I thought Reed caught a hell of a promo here where he said he was going to beat Chad and he was going to be the one to challenge Gunter. And he just, you know, projected, exuded confidence. I mean, really smooth in his delivery. Never thought that Reed was much of a promo guy prior um, to this week's Raw. And this match I thought was very well done between Reed Gable and Ricochet. And yeah, Ricochet had the excuse because he'd been attacked prior to the match by Nakamura. But it was really well done, you know, and, and Reed, again, is somebody who was really, you know, had been floundering and just feels like he's got a lot of direction now and a, a lot of momentum. And, you know, it feels like, you know, he believes in himself, you know, and as we as we often say on this podcast, you know, the reason a wrestler believes in himself or is when, uh, you know, he knows or he believes that the company believes in him. And I just feel like, yeah, Reed's a guy that, you know, he's, he's going places now. And um, I think that Gunter match, we know it's going to be good because Gunter's in there. But I think it's going to be good because Reed's in there, you know, and he showed me a lot lately. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really pleased for him. 
And then also we had a sit-down segment with DIY, <clears throat> which was interrupted by Imperium attacking. That that boot to Johnny Gargano's face, Finn, just looked lethal. Lethal. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I thought this was really good. It was it kind of... The thing with DIY is the main roster audience are not really programmed, especially by the way they've been booked over the last couple of years, for DIY to really mean anything to no. the main roster audience. So you kind of need to do stuff like this. Right? You need to do sit-downs, you need to explain to people why they're together, who they are, what's going on, and you need to build it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it was a number of years ago now. What was it, 2017, was it? 2018, 2017, 18. 20, I think yeah, because yeah, they, they headlined the they headlined uh, the takeover Toronto, the takeover in Toronto in 2016, and I think the split was 2017. 2017. So yeah, they were, they were 2016, 2017 was their their heyday. Okay, I mean this is you know six seven years ago now, so you know people need a reminder. Christ, I needed a reminder. Even I'd forgotten when it took place. <laughs> so, uh, and you know, some of those fans won't be watching. Uh, won't, some of those fans who were watching then won't be watching now. And a lot of fans who are watching now won't have been watching then. So yeah, it's important to do these things. You can't just assume that people know. And, um, you know, it, these two have got a chance here to really do something as a tag team. And I think even become tag team champions. I think Imperium, you know, a good little act. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni Vinci. I think there are, you know, perfect opponents for them. Um, it seems highly likely um, that Gargano and Champa will win. And, um, you know, they've got a reason to seek revenge after this heinous uh, ambush that occurred on Raw this week. Um, so I think there'll be there will be interest in the match. And I think, you know, a lot of people will be really a lot of people will be rooting for Gargano and Champa to win. And I think from there, you know, if the audience are behind them, as I believe they will be, yeah, I think they can, uh, you know, they can move up the ranks. And um, I think they'd be excellent opponents for a heel unit of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I'm sure this has already been mentioned backstage. Um, well, I think there's there's good stuff. I mean, also, you know, you mentioned Tegan Knox. She got her match with Becky Lynch this week. Um for the NXT Women's title. How do you think she did? She got given, They got given plenty of time. Yeah, I thought she did all right. I mean, it was a face versus face match, so they're often difficult um, to really get people, you know, into them. And, um, you know, I, I like Knox's character. I think she's a strong character, and I think she's likable as well. I think she could do with some more fizz in her moves. I mean, she some of her moves are a bit flat. I think she could do with some more big moves to really spice up her repertoire. But I thought the match was was more than adequate. And, um, you know, I like the fact afterwards that Knox, after she'd lost the match, you know, she she seemed really miffed that she'd lost the match. And that led to, you know, Natalia turning up. And, you know, it was another Oscar-winning performance there from Natalia, who's supposed to be a baby face, but comes across <laughs> so disingenuous that we think she's going to turn on Knox at any moment <laughs> and then um, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven showed up and King Caden Carter and Katana Chance they even got some TV time here right Kenny so lots of people were involved right yeah they, they're, they're they're getting names out there they're you know we had we had Zia Lee try to challenge Becky Lynch for next week There's, they're they're getting names out there um, and having loads of women sort of have have a voice on the show of in some way so hopefully that Keeps going, you know. Yeah, even Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell had some yep. TV time, amazingly. But yeah, Zia Lee, 
Again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, Kenny, Vince McMahon. Would Zia Lee have even been on Raw if Vince no McMahon chance. was running the show? No chance. You know, we are, I mean, I mean, and that actually could be a decent match between Zia Lee and Lynch because I think Zia Lee is pretty good. Um, we know Lynch is, you know, got to be the best female performer, certainly in, in American wrestling right now. And, um, you know, I think that match could be a really, really good match and, um, you know, could cause people to view Zia Lee differently, which is obviously what she'll be seeking to achieve in the match. You know, if she provokes a good response there, then that could lead to bigger and better things for her. Um, well, that is, yeah, and like you said, Candice LeRae and Andy Hartwell, they were kind of, uh, they, they were given the, the news by Adam Pierce that Champa and Gargano were, were banged up. I would like to see more from Candice LeRae, and hopefully at some point we do. But I mean, I know there's there's loads of there's loads of people, so you need to give certain people TV time. But I think that she she's she's due something at some stage. Cause... Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, Indy Hartwell. I mean, she just seems kind of like she's got stage fright, and as okay. if she's just you know overawed by the whole Raw experience. I mean, she wasn't. I mean, she wasn't the best wrestler in NXT, but I thought she was decent, and she could you know she could get through a match. And I think on Raw, she just seems to be just overwhelmed by you know the big crowds and you know the big arena pre- you know the big arena sort of experience. And she needs a good match. Otherwise, you know, she could be in trouble. Yeah, she could. She could. But overall, lots of lots of good stuff on Raw this week. And that is all the time we've got for today. Do join us on the overrun because we will be talking a little bit about the NXT and the ratings and other bits and pieces. And obviously, back to our reviewing old issues of power. So I'm reviewing issue 235, which is the WrestleMania 30 coverage with Daniel Bryan on the cover. So lots over there. And we're also recording today which will be out in the next few days, a sixth year anniversary special where there are three things on the menu. We're going to be looking back at a Misawa Kawada match from 1994. We're going to be looking at a tremendous uh, angle with uh, Dick Murdoch and Ted DiBiase before a Ted DiBiase-Rick Flair match from Mid-South. And we are going to be covering the first ever episode of Monday Night Raw from 30 years ago. So lots of, lots of fun stuff coming up in that uh, Better late than never anniversary thing, right? Right, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll be doing that very soon, and that'll be up on Patreon. So thanks for all your support, and we'll talk to you soon, everybody. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.